Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and we don't talk about money on the show. We talk about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle, which are friendship, purpose, as in the purpose in life, whether it be your life's work, your volunteer work, or whatever your purpose is, family, health, spiritual issues, and your significant other if you have one or want one. There are plenty of other shows that talk about money and investments, but this isn't one of them. We stick to the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. Starting in August of 2020, we started following the life of a pre-retiree. The goal was to follow her from pre-retirement through the retirement process so you and I can live vicariously through her experience. We want to know what's happening as she goes through this process so we can better prepare ourselves. As you listen in, think of any questions you might have for our subject, Barbara Mock, who is teaching us what she is learning by doing. You can email those questions to us at podcast at rockyourretirement.com and we'll try to answer them in the show. Okay, let's get over to today's conversation. So welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. Barbara, what's going on with your retirement? Hi, Kathy. It's so good to see you again. Um, we have been busy. We've been doing lots of traveling. We went on a golf trip. We had a wedding. And um, it's, just been, it's just been astounding how much fun it's been. But there's also been some sad things in our lives. Um, and it's related to friends and family and their health. Um, my brother-in-law was just diagnosed with cancer and so we're just all kind of rallying around him and we're a very close family. Everyone lives, lives here on the street. Um, his daughter, my niece lives across the street. My brother-in-law lives next door and they're just around the corner and we, we gather together a lot. And so we're kind of all going through that together. Um, but he's only 57. And so it's causing him to really look at his life and to look at what he's doing. And he's actually going to retire after many years in the construction industry. It's kind of hard for him. Um, that's a total shock. One of our dearest friends that we met in a Bible study well over 40 years ago that we travel with, go places with, um, He's extremely active, hiker, mountain biker, and he's just been having just some real health issues. And again, he's my age. In fact, his um, birthday was day before yesterday. And come to find out, he's got some heart issues. And this is a guy who ran cost country and was the state champion when we graduated in the 70s. He's always been fit, always been healthy, and it's taken a while for him to get the medical professional's attention because he's not overweight, he's not out of shape, and yet that has just hit him as a blow. And uh, he just told us yesterday, he goes, I'm done. I, I'm going to retire and I'm going to do everything I can because what he has isn't um, surgically able to be corrected. It, it can be 
managed. The symptoms can be managed with um, medication, but hiking, mountain biking, skiing, I mean, we're just kind of going, oh my gosh, this is so unexpected. So Um, he has to stop all those activities? Well, I don't think he will. I just think that he will need to, um, you know, get into treatment and medication, but he probably won't be the first guy to the top of the hill like he always was before. Like he's a person we could never keep up with on a hike. He'd be, you know, half an hour ahead of us and, you know, waiting for us. And it's just kind of come on suddenly. So, so that's a shocker. Another person had um, a quadruple bypass, again, a little bit older than us, um, but that has changed their life. And then another friend um, is losing his eyesight. And so this is a person that, you know, was a snow skier and he drove his, his Corvette, super active, um, golfed with my husband. And as he's gradually been losing his sight, it's just diminishing what he can do. Is it and, cataracts or macular degeneration? or Yes, what? the second one. The second oh. one, yes. And he he's actually blind in one eye from an accident in high school with a tennis ball. So his one good eye is now he's losing that sight. And he's my husband's golf partner. And so we went on a three-day golf trip. And, you know, hitting a golf ball and playing golf is, is a sighted game. And yet he just wants to try to keep doing it. And so mm-hmm. you 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 know, line him up and say, okay, hit that way. And then when he's putting, somebody in a bright color needs to stand by the pin, but it, but it's so hard and it slows the game down, obviously, but he, he wants to still be able to keep doing something younger than me. And so, um, so it's just kind of caused us to question. Um, I had a friend, a very dear friend that we've been friends since eighth grade and, you know, you go through all of your your life together, right? You get married, you have your children, go to church, you know, just that kind of a best friend. Every eight weeks we'd get together for dinner or something. But one of our traditions was Fourth uh, of July weekend. And today, as of the time we're recording this in July of 2021, it's my husband's birthday. But it's also the opening day of crab season. And... Two years ago, we were with them on their island place and we were crabbing, um, but she was dying of, of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And it came on very suddenly. And uh, a year ago, um, we were at her funeral. Uh, or two years ago, we were at the funeral. A year ago, I was just really grieving because we didn't get to be together. And so here we are kind of on this anniversary of that. And so I just strikes me that this whole idea of financial independence retire early early for us right now is getting earlier and earlier and so just to kind of top all that sadness off um my niece lives across the street and her uncle on on the other side is um 50 years old and he had a pancreatic attack and he passed away last night oh, no. and so yes yeah, so it's just been It's just been a mix of all these fun things, right? We've had graduation. We got to go to the graduation. I got to see my brother and my sister and my aunts and two twin baby girls that were born during the pandemic that I never got to hold or see. We all got together again. And it was so precious because 
all this sadness and health issues going on around us, um, we got to hug and kiss and see each other at graduation. And then we just got back from a wedding just a few days ago um, down in Laguna Beach, where for the first time, the bride and groom got to get married. This was their third wedding date. Their first wedding date was in Canada in June last two years ago. And then the pandemic hit, so they didn't get to do it. They moved it to April. And then at the last minute in January, they, they booked their wedding for this June. Let's and, go back to the health issues, though. All sure, these people sure. around you that are yes. having all of these issues. How are you dealing with it? Well, on the one hand, I'm praying a lot. And on the other hand, I'm... I'm sad because it just feels like, you know, in, in this brother-in-law's case, he has a 26-year-old and a 24-year-old. He won't get to see their spouses. He won't get to meet them. He won't get to be at the wedding. He won't see grandchildren. And they won't have him. I lost my mom when um, I was very young. In 1990, she was diagnosed with um, breast cancer and had surgery, but she never told us that she really didn't have a very good chance. She just lived her life year by year, and she made it seven years, but then she had um, nine inoperable brain tumors and passed very, very quickly. She was 57. I was in my 30s. I had my kids, but they were young. They were like 10 and 12, and it was devastating. It was devastating for our family. So while I wouldn't wish that on anyone, it did change us. It made us realize that life is short. Life is precious. Don't defer things. Don't live your life for someday. Um, we learn to live with no regret. And we keep short accounts and we say, I forgive you and I love you a lot. Before that, we just kind of were in our happy little bubble going about our life. So I empathize with these people because it's just a shock. You all assume, you always assume that, not that you're going to live forever. We all know we're dying, but you think you'll make it past your 50s or it may be into your 60s. And now that I'm here and I feel really young, I think I look pretty young. My mom did too. It just is really making me feel grateful for every day I have. And it makes you feel like you do need to utilize the time. I mean, you, you listed two people who are retiring early now because of their health. Yes. Just, just this month. We just, just found this out month. this month. Mm -hmm. And then we actually, I'm trying to figure out if we know her or not, but there was a woman where I live that is a bicycle rider. And yesterday she was hit and killed on her bicycle. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, Thank you. But um, it's devastating to the whole community, but it does make, and she was 61 years old. So it does right. make you realize that even if you are young in your fifties or sixties, your ability to live to 85, 90 is not guaranteed. And so I really do like what you're saying about you know, live your life now. I'm wondering if the two people who decided to retire also looked at you and your husband and said, well, Barbara retired. And so look at her. Let's, let's talk about this in, in light of these health issues. Do you think that came into play at all? Well, it certainly has been a journey they've gone with me on. These are people that are very, very close to us. So at every 
every step of the way, every turn. I think that the one really, really wanted to retire, but financially they thought, mm, you know, we better, we better wait. Um, and now that he's got this health issue, he says, I'm done. That That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to live what days I have left. Um, even though he could be fine for quite some time, it is something that's just kind of a shock. Um, so I know both of them have been going on that, that journey. I think that in some ways me sharing my story and then the life I'm living, there's such a contrast. Like there was nothing on my Facebook because I was sitting in an office. I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. And it just seems like as the pandemic opened up, our state is just opening up today. That's not on the West Coast or not like everybody else. And it just feels like life is beginning again. And so my new life began at the same time things were opening up. And it's funny that you would mention people watching me because um, my hairdresser said, you're my new model for retirement. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she just said, well, you're going places, you're doing things, you're physically active. It's motivating me to stay that way because she was contrasting with her parents who waited a long, long time. They're much, they're much older than I am um, to finally retire. And she says, they can't do anything. And there are people that she was, you know, kind of bemoaning the fact that they just sit home and watch TV and drink because they just can't do something else. So yeah, I think, I think people like me that chose to retire before they were, you know, of full retirement age and start enjoying life is, um, is a message that if you plan ahead, get your finances in order, you know, get debt free, um, that it does open up a possibility that you might not otherwise have had. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people think that however they're living, they have to live that way. You know, they're buying a new car every few years. They're going on extravagant, you know, extravagant trips and they're, they're doing things, but it's putting them in bondage. You know, the, the lifestyle they live keeps them in bondage and they have to keep working. And this last year, this pandemic has shown us that we can not go out to eat every meal. We can go on a less expensive trip or do something. You know, it's not optimal, of course, but it's shown all of us that we can do these things. You know, life will continue. We can still make it work. And by cutting back for a year or I mean, a lot of people, they've, they've um, said that people's savings have gone up during COVID, that people's 401ks have gone up, that, you know, in addition to the stock market, which is, goes up and down, so, but, you know, but their savings rates have gone up. So it shows us we can get out of debt. We can do these things. Is it comfortable? No, but many of us have lived like, you know, on 125% of our incomes. That is not sustainable. So... I'm glad that you brought that up. And I will say a prayer for all of these people around you that are having health issues. Personally, I've a lot of my clients have passed away in the last year and a half, not necessarily due to COVID, but I'm sure that the stress of everything that's gone on has probably put a lot of pressure on all of our health, right? Well, for sure. I mean, we've had a heat wave here and they're giving the numbers because we don't have air conditioning. Only 30% of us do. We're fortunate that 
my husband about 12 years ago said, I'm tired of, you know, not being able to sleep. And I'm like, this is so expensive. I can't believe you're doing this. And now I thank him every day because we didn't used to get this heat like we are now. And it's getting hotter and hotter and longer and longer. And now all your friends, all your friends and family, they're piling into your house for the air conditioner. Remember when we used to go to the mall for air conditioning? Well, not only the malls that, you know, a lot of them are closing, but our movie theaters have all been closed. And so there's the irony. It's like protecting people against COVID in an enclosed space. And yet we've had people that have passed away due to heat and mainly older retired people with underlying health conditions. And so they're not really sure how high the numbers are going to go, but they have seen an increase because there were places here that were 113 degrees in an area that very rarely is over 70. And so it's kind of was an um, unprecedented thing, but it, it just makes you realize that, you know, life is fragile, life is short, and how do you want to spend it? So it's been a, a tough month in one respect and in another, I think when there's grief and loss, it can cause you to focus on the right things, family, friendships, uh, quality time with people. and can cause you to be grateful and, you know, live in the moment. It's so easy, like you said, when we were in the hustle bustle and meetings and driving, didn't drive my car hardly at all for a year. That's unheard of. No clothing, right? I just, you know, didn't buy clothes. And so you do realize that a lot of these things that are the trappings of a life aren't your real life. It's just all the peripheral things that we do learned to cook a lot better. And even though we were on the road and did a golf getaway and we went to a wedding and enjoyed really good food, we just couldn't really get wait to get back and, you know, kind of have control over, you know, what we were, what we were eating. But you did do something We're we're on the subject of health. You did do something sort of health related on your last trip. And yes. we'll talk about your trip in a minute, but let's yes. talk about the health related thing that you did. Cause I find that very interesting. Well, when we were getting ready to go on this trip to go to this wedding, um, we are retired now. So we added days on. That's another benefit of being retired. You're not, you know, edge to edge a weekend. And so we added a few days before and a few days after. And um, we had originally not wanted to rent a car. At the end, my husband decided to do it because we'd heard about all the horror stories about car rentals now. But I found this amazing concierge service in Dana Point that delivers bikes. They deliver it right to your condo. And I talked them into not having to return them each day. And so I rented them for three days. And at first, we all just got regular bikes until my husband looked at the map of Dana Point and saw a lot of hills. Very hilly. <laughs> we wanted to go down to the beach. And he goes, Barb, this is like Seattle or San Francisco. And so he said, I want an e-bike. And I thought, well, okay. Kind of scared me the idea of it, but okay. And so I rented an e-bike too. And our friend who is amazing shape, super healthy, and she rides her mountain bike. She goes, no, 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 no. I'm going to ride my regular bike. So we got the e-bikes and they're a game changer. In fact, every day my husband is researching because you're pedaling. But there's just this little bit of an assist. And I don't know if you've ever been on. Have you been on one before? I have not, but my sister has. And she swears by them. When she goes on trips where there's hills, she always gets, and she says it's a little extra boost. 
Well, it that is. it's not, it's not yeah. like a motorcycle. It's no. not like a moped. It's, it's just a little help. Yep. And it's so, like me when, when I go up a hill, I usually grab onto my husband's pockets. So that's my <laughs> E assist. <laughs> well, this is, they're amazing. And what we learned, what we're learning, there's pros and cons, of course, but for people that are of a certain age, or if your knees don't, don't work as well, or if your hips don't work, e-bikes are a game changer. You're outside. Um, you're able to go much further distance. And as a result, you stay on them longer. We were riding four to five hours a day wow. and without any problem. And so we started up at our condo and we went down these hills and we rode all the way to San Clemente to the pier, had an amazing lunch. And when we turned around to go back, my friend said, wow, that's going to be quite a hill pulling, pulling back. And my husband goes, not for us. <laughs> and so she's just pedaling along and we're always, you know, usually way behind her because she's amazing. And my husband just pushed that little assist button and you could not wipe the grin off his face. He was giggling and giddy as he went to the top. He goes, I'll wait for you at the top. And we did because we were able to zoom up to the top but we're still paddling, right? It's not a motorcycle. So I highly recommend the idea of if you've never been on an e-bike, rent one. You can rent one for like 45 bucks for an hour if you want to try to do it or do it like we did. And we use those the entire time we were there to get around during the day, come back, get showered up, take, you know, take the car to the wedding and to the reception and everything. But, um, but yeah, e-bikes are in our future for sure. It was That's so great. fun. And for the listener, if you've, if you haven't been biking in 20 years, an e-bike is not going to prevent your tushy from hurting. Your tushy is still going to hurt from sitting on the seat. So just keep that in mind. If you, um, plan to going from doing nothing for 20 years to e-biking for four or five hours, you're probably going to have a sore tushy. <laughs> well, but they have pretty wide, like my husband calls them farmer seats. They look like a farmer on a, on an old um, tractor. And uh, I have to say by three days, yeah, I was feeling a little sore, but, but because my legs were moving, we really, really enjoyed it. So did your friend turn hers in and get an e-bike or did she stay oh, no. on the regular? <laughs> no, no, no. She is, she is absolutely fit and hardcore works out every day. But even she said, wow, because, because I mean, those were really hard hills and we, we rode way more and exercised more and she loves to exercise. She just did great. She's, she's an inspiration to me. I have a long ways to go though, to get where she is. Well, if it, if it gets you out and riding more, then, then go for it. Yes. Les and I just started doing water aerobics. I've noticed since I've lost the 20 pounds that I lost over the last year and a half, I'm sleeping better. My brain is less foggy. It really does. There is a, a brain-heart connection. And so for the listener, if you're not exercising, try to find something that works for you, whether it's walking or a combination of things like, like what we're doing. Get your brain, because I have noticed over the years, it's one of the reasons why I retired as a financial advisor, that my brain was getting uh, foggy and it's harder for me to remember things. And, you know, we all want to stay away from dementia and Alzheimer's, right? And they've done studies that getting your heart rate up 
does help. And so does um, sleeping, by the way. And I'm sleeping much better. I sleep eight hours now over before it was probably four or five. So yeah, so we all have to deal with the health. And if an e-bike gets you out riding longer than you would ride on a regular bicycle, as long as you're being safe, you know, uh, then go for it. Get on that bike, get on that e-bike. I hope you're enjoying today's episode of the Rocky Retirement Show. The theme of the show is to talk about the six pillars of retirement lifestyle. You can track how you're doing in those six pillars in the journal, which you can find at rockyourretirement.com journal. One of the pillars is health. Of course, if you don't have your health, nothing else matters. So before we get back to the conversation with Barbara and me, let's take a health break. Next up, we've got John Perlman, the co-founder of Mission Lean, the leading fitness app for anti-aging fitness for our health segment. Welcome back, John. What do you got? Thanks, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Today, what I'd like to discuss is the importance of warming up before your workout and why sticking to a great warm-up routine is going to enhance your not only your workout, but your longevity and fitness for years to come. As I'm sure you might know or, or might not know, but I'm going to say it here again because it's worthwhile mentioning it. Countless uh, scientific and sports studies out there have shown that people who warm up diligently before sports have improved performance, both across aerobic and anaerobic sports, such as cycling, running, and swimming. And you'll see improved basically improve performance in, in all types of sports, whether it's vertical jump, long jump, your agility, basketball, soccer, golf. So from a sports standpoint, all athletes know, and, and I, I know we mentioned this in other episodes, but my background is in tennis. So I, I was a top player on the Harvard team and I competed on the pro circuit. And so even when I was uh, training and competing as an athlete, warming up is, was such an instrumental part of my own routine. And so I think that it, it's gone, the warm-up and warming up before your workout is gone overlooked by a lot of people, especially those who might not have been fortunate enough to have an athletic background. And so that's why I want to bring this up today. So, you know, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a member of the Synchronats, which is a synchronized swimming team where I live. Now, I, I'm not really one of the swimmers. I mean, I, I do other things and I get in the water. It's been a while. But I never thought about really warming up before I got into the water. So, and we, we do warm ups once we're in the water, but you are giving me an idea that I should probably work out a little bit in the gym before I actually get in the water just to warm up my muscles, right? Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm friends with some, you know, a couple competitive swimmers and I do believe that some of some swimmers actually do do that, and I think that it's helped them. So it's that's not a bad idea to start to implement. Yeah, and there's a couple of women that do that, and I've I've never really thought much about it. I just figured they were trying to get their workout in before, you know, before practice. But now that you've said that, I bet that that's what they're doing. I bet they're warming up, which is pretty smart. How long should your warm up be? Let's say you're gonna exercise for 45 minutes or an hour, yeah. how, how long should you warm up? 
I would say about 10 minutes. Basically, the idea of the warm-up is that you should be sweating by the end of the warm-up, but you shouldn't necessarily be fatigued. So the, the, the warm-up is basically to get your body primed to perform at its peak. And so uh, I think every component, at least from an, from an athletic standpoint, for uh, and, and we actually, on our anti-aging fitness program on Mission Lean, we, we have a lot of these exercises. And what, what, and what it's called is it's dynamic stretching, uh, basically movements that are get your heart rate going, that get the blood pumping. So you, you, you'll, you know, after five or six of these various exercises, you're going to be sweating, your body's going to be warm, and you're going to be ready to go. But not only that, but when you incorporate the dynamic stretching movements before a workout, you also benefit from loosening the muscles and tendons of your body. And so that, that, if done in the right way, you will reduce your risk of injury and increase your performance in the workout as well. Hmm. Now, what if it's a really hot day and I'm already hot? Do I still need to warm up or does being hot sort of give me a little bit of an edge over having to do 10 minutes? Well, being in the heat, actually, I live in Florida, so I, you know, and actually a lot of people, a lot of high-level athletes move to Florida to train in the heat. And the reason for that is because being in a warmer climate prevents your overall risk of injury, just because, you know, this having nothing to do with the warm-up itself, but being in a warm, warmer conditions, um, you know, you're less likely to, let's say, pull a muscle on account of it being cold. Like if you were, you know, if you were training in like, let's say, the middle of, of a northeastern winter, let's say, you know, you know, a, a warm up would be all the, the more important in, a, in, a, in an environment like that. Whereas Florida, you know, it's great because you don't have to be as conscientious. But no, the answer is no. Just because you're in a warm place doesn't that doesn't um, constitute a warm up because you need to proceed in a methodical way with your warm up. So there has to be Basically, the idea is that uh, you touch on the major muscle groups and joints in a warm-up and kind of loosen them. You know, for example, you could do elbow circles to loosen the joints of the elbows, or you could do um, knee hugs where you stand and you um, you pull one leg up and into your chest, and then you, you hold it for two seconds, and then you put that leg down and then pull, pull the other leg up and into your chest. And so that targets the, the lower, uh, the, the upper leg muscles and the hips. So those are two exercises, examples of how two different uh, warm-up moves will get two areas of the body primed. But the idea is that you have a, a routine of, let's say, five to six moves that you stick to in your warm-up, uh, dynamic moves, dynamic stretching moves that get ultimately get your entire body ready to go in your workout and loose and limber. So in the Mission Lean app, is there a program just for the warm-up? Like I would always go to warm-up number seven, or are they incorporated? So basically, depending on what – so we – on the anti-aging program on the app, we have different workouts. So we actually have various – um, options of workouts that you can select from. So for example, you can select uh, a strength, there's many strength workouts targeting strength, or there's workouts targeting um, mobility. But actually, we do have a specific, a, a specific program for flexibility. And actually, these moves, when done, it's, it's good, it's a good educational program, because you learn a lot of these um, dynamic stretching movements that you could then incorporate into any of your fitness routines. 
Okay. So I could take that and then create my own warm up using that program, right? Right. But, but not only that, I, I'm sorry. Uh, in addition to that, it, no, you're right. So like, for example, if any of our workouts, like a strength workout, let's say, before we have you do any of the actual strength moves, there's th- there's two or three at least um, dynamic mobi- mobility and flexibility moves before that routine that, that basically warm up the necessary areas of the body that we're going to be working out in that routine. So the, the reason I mentioned the flexibility program is because we have a very wide library of many moves that you could, for example, uh, create your own uh, routine if you wanted to. The ones that, because of your background or various injuries that you might have had, you can assemble the ones that specifically help you. But no, the answer is that on the app, no, we, we always give you the warm-up routines that you would need for that given workout. Perfect. So I can theoretically create my own program if I don't use your app. But if, but if I use the Mission Lean app, then it's, it's just easier and already spelled out for me and I don't have to worry about it. Is that right? right? You, you have everything there if you need it. But again, I mean, if you want, you can always do your own research and assemble your own routine. But, but I mean, we try to make it easy for our subscribers so they have everything there. Great. Well, thanks again for that health tip. I really appreciate it. Once again, you really come through for our audience and for the audience. Tune in again next time for more health tips from Mission Lean. And don't forget to download the Mission Lean app to get more fitness and health tips. And now, back to our conversation with Barbara. So we've talked about health now, and you've got some things coming up that are happier than what we just discussed. So tell us what's going on in in your future. Well, there's a couple things that um, I've been doing. One is, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but for my birthday, my daughter got me something called StoryWorth, and I had never heard of it before. It's It's an application, and she was able to go through and choose about 50 questions, kind of story starter questions, and it sends you an email once a week, and you just email back an answer. And then what it does is after a year, it publishes a book. And it's, it's, it would be overwhelming to write your memoir, you know, just say I'm going to write my memoir. Um, but with StoryWorth, you're answering questions that you're the gifter, your child, uh, wanted to know the answers to. And I have to say, it doesn't take too much time. And I've really, really been enjoying it. So those come once a week, but sometimes we're traveling and I feel like, oh, I don't want to get behind. But what's been really great is when I give the answer and email it back, it goes to her. So she gets to see, you know, what her question was, and then gets to see my answer. And then, you know, it'll turn into a book. So that's been something new that I've been doing for, oh, I don't know, the last month and a half or so. That is amazing. It's really cool. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe write about it and put a link in, in the, um, in the blog, just in case someone's interested. That would be, that would be amazing. You know, before my father died, I had started a program called Story Cores. Uh Uh-huh. C-O-R-P-S. And it's a similar idea where the the interviewer is usually a a loved one, right? But it's a audio. Oh, right, right. 
Uh, but the, by the time I thought to do it, my dad was too far gone. You know, mm-hmm. we, we had one or two sessions and, mm-hmm. and that was it. But the idea of you writing your memoir over the course of a year just by answering some questions, that is, that's a fantastic idea. I thought so. I'm grateful to her. It's been a fun experience and it hasn't been hard because, you know, you get an email and you think about it for a minute and you email it back and, you know, you could go back and edit it later. It was a great gift. I'm really, really enjoying it. So for this coming up month, we don't have a lot of trips planned for the first time since I retired, which is good because you want to not be traveling in the Pacific Northwest when the weather finally gets good. So the first thing that's coming up is our church had a a plea for help at the Vacation Bible School. And I'm normally working and I don't have time. And I thought, huh, I could give up a couple rounds of golf because I've been enjoying golf. And so I'm going to be teaching a group of fourth graders. And I'm super excited. It's just right down the street at the church, the local church, community church that we go to. Um, So I'm getting ready for that. And then my big project is Nana Camp. It's at the end of the month, uh, of this month, and I'm going to have all four grandkids. Oh, my gosh. For a week. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And last year, I had two at a time, but it just turned out that my uh, daughter's wedding anniversary is coming up and they called first and said, Hey, we want to, you know, we want to leave the country. You know, can you take your kids? I said, absolutely. That's Nana camp week. And then right after that, my son and his wife called said, Hey, can you take the kids for part of this time? I said, no, I want them for the whole week. I don't want them just for part of the time. And so we are deep into planning Nana camp. Okay. So did you discuss this with your husband before you agreed to all four kids? He actually said, I think it'll be easier because they're so close in age. And when my son and daughter were being raised, they had cousins, my niece and nephew, and they're all like little stair steps, just like my grandkids happen to be. And we actually, when we would go on vacation, we always took my niece and nephew because it was easier for us. They entertain each other and they love each other. And so he actually said, sure, he knows it's going to be a lot. But he's actually gotten into it because what we decided to do was a play on The Amazing Race. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but the kids and grandkids watch it religiously. And so we're going to do an amazing race. But the countries we're going to go to are our heritage. So they're going to be learning about our family history and our family tree. And then they're going to have clues to go to places that relate to where our family heritage is from. And I chose three countries from their common family history. And then, you know, they have got in-laws. So I picked one from from each of those. And so during the week, they're going to go to Norway and Holland and Ireland and Russia. Now, how are they going to these places? Well, I ordered some Russian dolls. And with the little, right? And then we're going to get some piroshki at the local Russian bakery. But they're going to have clues to learn about our family history. And they're going to go find the little Russian doll pieces and do some challenges. I went to the fabric store and got four different plaids 
they're not precisely the Gordon and the Grant, and the Fraser plaids, but they're going to go on an adventure. And I hired my golf instructor who's going to give them a private lesson to all four. And That's then cool. after they complete their golf lesson, they get their next clue to go play putt-putt golf because I have a free coupon for that. And when they complete that, they're going to get to go, go choose their lunch. But our favorite one is Norway because we're very tall people. My son-in-law is of Dutch descent. He's six foot 10. My husband's six foot six. So we are in all ways Vikings. And so I, I said, I think we should do Vikings. And he goes, I think that's a horrible idea, Barb. Giving kids, you know, violent toys and whatever <laughs> is not a good idea. We're going to end up at the hospital. And so I talked to their moms and they said, we think that's a fabulous idea. They'll love it. And when you're all done, you know, Halloween costumes. So I made it into a project and I've gone over the top, Kathy. I have made capes with leather and fur and chains. It looks like Game of Thrones. Wait a minute. Did you get your husband to agree to all this? Yes, he finally did when the girls did. But then I told him that he needed to make uh, Viking shields. So. We went on YouTube and he's got these round wooden shields. They're replicas. I even ordered like the round metal piece for the, for the handle. And so the kids, he's made these, but he's going to let them paint them whatever Viking colors they want. And then, you know, kind of make them up. I ordered wooden swords <laughs> and I even ordered um, these little plastic helmets that have the horns and so the boys are all in black with their with their black kind of fur. And then for my my um, granddaughter, I got hers in kind of an ivory white with a pretty kind of a leopard fur. And she's going to be a shield maiden. But um, part of the fun is we live in a rural area and we're very close with our neighbors. And they have trails through the woods. So when they go to Norway to get their pieces of their costume as they do their thing, they're going to go to Norway at the neighbor's house behind. That is so fun. So I've ordered different foods and different things from different countries. And so I'm in the midst of putting all the logistics together. And I looked it up on the website and now I know where there's a thousand people involved with the amazing race. The logistics are crazy, but you can order envelopes that say amazing race, just like on the show. And you can order the templates and stuff. So I am in full Nana camp battle mode. When does to, this start? How, how many weeks? You don't say the date, but how many weeks from this recording? I've got three, three and a half weeks, but okay. I've been working on it for months. Okay. But no, my husband, my husband has gotten into it. I promised him there will be no, no one's going to get stabbed, but um, we, we are going to do each country with a different theme, with a different food. And um, we're going to add in a baseball game and a trip up to uh, the um, the beautiful area that I wrote about before up in Rosario Beach. And they're going to get to um, go see sea life, get to learn about our history in the Pacific Northwest. And they're excited. They know Nana Camp's going to be fun this year, but they don't know all the details, but they can't wait. So, Oh, that's exciting. Excited. How old are your grand? How, what are the age ranges? Nine, eight, eight, and five. Okay. That sounds so, like good ages. Well, and my granddaughter already said that she would be paired with the younger one for, 
for her team and then the other two. So it's, it's cross pollinating between the families um, because she can read. And she goes, because you'll need to keep some things for challenges for him because he can't quite read yet because he's only five. So she'll help him, but she volunteered for that. So they already have their, their cousin teams and they've got their bandanas and their buffs and they're ready to, ready to roll. Is there a prize? Well, I haven't decided. I think the whole week is a prize. I know the experience I, is a prize, but I have I have spent a fortune. But I think what we'll do is um, we're going to go to our local baseball team, the Everett Aqua Sox, and the culmination will be Friday night at Funko Field, and it's Funko night. So Funko is like these little figurine things. Oh, so they'll so get that as a prize. They'll get that as a prize, and I'll probably let them buy whatever they want for dinner that night. I think one of the things that I'm realizing is kids today have so much done for them. So we're going to really kind of push them a little, like put up your own tent and they're young, but they can figure it out. Um, but whenever I give them a clue and money, I want them to go figure out how much things cost and go buy it themselves instead of us bringing them things and food. So I'm kind of excited about teaching personal responsibility and challenging them a little bit to try things that they normally wouldn't do. That is fantastic. You know, as you were talking about these things that you were ordering off of the internet, my mind wandered to the 99 cent store because I've yes. seen plastic swords there. I don't know that I've seen Viking hats, but I'm thinking somebody who is listening to this could replicate what you are doing in a more, econ I don't know how much you're spending, but probably in a more <laughs> economical fashion and yes. do something fun like that for either their kids or, you know, their grandkids, or it could be a fun adult party, you know. To do to, an amazing race. Yes, that sounds like great fun. So I yes. can't wait to hear how it all goes. So you've had a busy month. Yes, every month is busy. The days fly by. The days fly by. I really am one of those people that has said, I don't know how I had time to work before. How, how did I have time to work? Well, so it's been great. That is amazing. Are there any key takeaways that you want to leave with the listener? Well, just a, a couple. The obvious one is this life is short. So if you're planning on retiring and you can retire, think about it. If you have a health issue, I think that's a good attention, a good attention getter. But if you're planning ahead for retirement, I think by implementing some of the things that we did and that Kathy espouses, which is managing your expenses, trying to get your house paid off or get yourself in a situation where you're not required to work if you're able to do that. And I think just enjoy life. A couple follow-up things. There is a nervousness after you retire and you know that income's not coming. And it used to come every two weeks. And I remember coming up to that date of when that pension check, how nervous I was. Like, uh oh, what if it doesn't come? And of course it came. So I had two pension checks now, but it's a month. So it's a different way of looking at your money and how things are coming in. But one of the things I needed to do is I no longer had medical. And so we had to do that transition. And I guess one takeaway is follow up because they would tell us things and they would say, yes, it's fine. But 
I wasn't showing on the website, didn't have a medical card, and it actually got where it affected my prescriptions because instead of just automatic and, you know, go in every month, it's free. Well, now his program is to try to reduce cost because it's a retiree medical program is they want to do it by mail. It's express scripts. Well, it's, it's been about a two to three week journey of calling. And so I guess my takeaway is no one will care about you as much as you do. You have to keep following up. And so we made lists of things of, did this get taken care of? And we just, it's easy to assume when someone tells you, yep, she's all covered. Well, where's my card? How come I'm not showing up? And thanks to my husband, he was very persistent to do that. So that's been some adjustments. And then the last one is I had the benefit of an employer provided um, opportunity for deferred compensation. It's called a 457B because I was in government, but for everyone else it would be something like a 401k. And I, I thought about leaving it where it was, but we did some checking and we looked at what the fees were and what was involved. And we already have a certified financial planner that has been assisting us with my husband's retirement. So I'm right now in, in the process of rolling over. And that is something you've got to pursue, right? There's got to be contact with your 457B and then someone has to open an account. And I know you're a financial planner, but retired, retired. Retired financial planner. <laughs> but it kind of came as a surprise that you just don't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to roll over my account. It's taking, you know, a period of weeks or days, which isn't bad. Um, but it's just something to be prepared for that even after retirement, if you put in a lot of effort planning for retirement and figuring things out, once you retire, it's not over. <laughs> you still have things that you need to do. But I think we're coming to the end of all the transitions. And this has been a two month process. So I just thought I'd share with the listener that all that planning and preparation is good, but don't drop the ball at the end. Thank you. That is excellent advice, Barbara. Excellent advice. Thank you once again for coming on the show. And we are going to continue this for the foreseeable future until we find our next guest. Next month is actually going to be our year anniversary. And so for the listener, if you know somebody who's retiring in the next three to six months, we want to add on another basically similar thing where we're following a retiree. I've had some requests for someone who was single, for maybe a male, for somebody who maybe hasn't done as much financial planning as Barbara did. So if you know somebody who's getting ready to retire, please have them reach out to me. But in the, in the meantime, I'm going to continue on with Barbara as long as she'll let me. And even when we get a, a new person to follow, Barbara's still going to come on and do little updates for us. So thank you again, Barbara. I love these talks that we've been having over the last 11 months. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. Bye.